Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 717. And today, I'm going to be sharing a story with you on how someone turned boxes for cats into a business. Also, we're going to be diving into the business and doing a strategy session. Now, this person that I'm talking about, her name is Dawn, and she actually started a business called Cat in the Box, and she was also a contestant on the 5-Minute Pitch, so if you've watched any of the 5-Minute Pitch or listened on the 5-Minute Pitch podcast, you might already know a little bit about Dawn, but what I'm going to do here is really dig into more of the story because we only had a certain amount of time together and then also just the way I roll is I want to dig in and start brainstorming and strategizing and thinking of ways that we could leverage this market that she's in because I do believe she's sitting on a huge a huge opportunity here and you're going to listen as we go through this yes you're going to figure out like how she got started and you know how one thing led to the other but more importantly you're going to see how we're able to take this business and then bolt on a few other things that she wasn't even really aware of. And once we did that, the light bulbs were popping. All right. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, here's the other thing that I'm excited about here today. All right. Depending on when you're listening to this, we are just a few weeks away from Brand Accelerator Live. That's our upcoming event where we're going to be doing a lot of what I'm going to be strategizing with Dawn about here today. A lot of these areas is what we're focusing on at Brand Accelerator Live. So we're going to be talking there about products that serve a market. We're going to be talking about content creation. We're going to be talking about content amplification. Also, traffic, email list building, monetization, leveraging Amazon. And we're also going to be talking about how to optimize your current Amazon products and listings. So all of that stuff even the stuff that we're talking about here today is really related to Brand Accelerator Live content and what we're going to be working on there together. So if you are coming, can't wait to see you there and work on your business for two solid days. And if you're not yet coming, well, you might want to head over to baltickets.com and see if there's any tickets available because we do have a limited amount of tickets available still at this moment of recording this. If you go there and we are sold out, you can sign up for a virtual ticket where you can actually watch all of the content that was created and that was taught at this event. All right, so again, baltickets.com. All right, so what we're going to be talking about here is Dawn and Cat in the Box, how it all happened, where she is right now, where she's struggling right now, and then we're going to strategize how she can really leverage this market that she's in, and you're going to see there's a ton of different things she can do, but we're going to focus on two main areas, and when we do that, you're going to see she is going to rock this, all right? So guys, sit back, relax, enjoy this interview that I did with Dawn with Cat in the Box. Well, hey, Dawn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I can't thank you enough for inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm a regular listener, so it's kind of you know exciting to be on the other side of, uh, other side of the microphone today. Yeah, no, and you and I have gotten to know each other through uh, our five minute pitch show, which yes, was which was pretty awesome. And I I gotta say, I mean, and I know you could probably give your own thoughts on it, and I'd probably like to even think you know to have you talk about those a little bit because I I don't know what it was like on the other end, but on our end, it was really awesome to see 
the different businesses and to just see the passion. And in your business, I mean, I think it was one of our first, our first pitches that we actually... That was your first. Yeah. The actual first. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is going to be awesome because the first product is already cool, you know? So... <laughs> Yeah, in, in your business and uh, and for people that are, uh, I gave an intro, but uh, for people that are just tuning in, uh, you know, cat in the box is really what we're talking about here, and it's it's something that you came up with and created, and I want to dig into that, but I want you to take us back a little bit, and and before you even got into the e-commerce world or where you thought of even selling something, give us a little background on Dawn. You know, who is Dawn? Where does she come from? Give us a little backstory. Well, um, my, my last two decades, I was actually a stay-at-home mother. So um, the idea of going back to work or, or even starting a business, I mean, the whole thing was, it was all new to me. Mm. Um, but I did find myself at a crossroads at that point in my life. My kids are both now out of the house. My, um, my second child is actually heading off for her senior year in college at the end of oh, the wow. week end of the week here. So um, I was really, you know, facing this, this crossroads and trying to decide what to do with my life. And um, interestingly, um, before when my husband and I were first married, I was the big breadwinner in the family and oh, wow. I took a step back to, to raise the kids. And over the years watched my husband move ahead in his career to the point where he was, you know, er earning a decent living and, um, doing really strategic work versus, you know, you know, tactical work in his career. And I realized I didn't have 20 more years of my working life left to, um, to achieve what he achieved. So it really mm -hmm. made me think about, um, what some of my other options might be. Mm. You know, that, that's interesting. And uh, it's funny when my wife and I got married, I was, um, I'm five years younger than my, my wife. Um, don't tell her I said that. I, <laughs> I think uh, it's too late. Cat's out of the bag now. Yeah. yeah literally cat's out of the bag. Uh, so uh, yeah. And uh, she was the breadwinner. Uh, you know, I was only 20 years old. So I was I was just working and stuff and, uh, and she was already, uh, you know, in a, a little bit of a corporate world and she was making pretty good money. But then when we decided to have kids, we made the decision that I was going to be the full time, you know, bring home the money and she was going to stay home with the kids. And, uh, we never really looked back, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And it's funny how you say that that's kind of how the roles were when you guys got together and right. that's kind of changed. And, and then, you know, interesting at the, at the same moment that I was trying to decide what to do with my life. My husband actually lost his job after 15 years with the same employer. Oh, wow. And uh, so, what, you know, one of the good things that came out of it was that he got some severance money and I used some of that to, um, to start my business. But at the same time, I, you know, he was out of work and I'm like, well, I, I really should probably at least apply for some jobs here. I only applied for two jobs. And when I was in my 20s, if I applied and interviewed for a job, I got the job. I mean, mm. that's just how it was. Yeah. Here I am, you know much later in life. And I went for two job interviews for two part-time positions for which I was overqualified for. And I didn't get either one. And that made yeah. me think, you know, um, not that if I hadn't gone for more, maybe I would have gotten another job, sure. but but that I need to take control of my own destiny. I can't always have it in, in someone else's hands. Mm. No, it's, I, I get it. Uh, and uh, it, it is, it's uh, like when you're thinking to yourself, like you want to start creating a business or you want to start creating another revenue stream for your family, you're thinking to yourself like, okay, do I go get a job? That's what you did. And then you're like, well, wait a minute here. I've got other options. What gave you the idea that you had other options? Because that just, that just, you know, it doesn't just appear. Like, how did that come to mind? Like, what got you seeing that there could be a way for you to create a business? 
Well, I kind of had 20 years to think about it. <laughs> what the heck am I going to do when this, when this is all over? Yeah. Um, that really is what gave me the push to do it. But it's always been, I, I'm the kind of person who walks through life. I'm always thinking about um, better ways of, of doing things. And, um, you know, I've quote unquote great product ideas all the time. But now, you know, now that I'm, you know, further along here, I know it's not about the product idea, but about the implementation. And that's mm. the hard part. Um, but, you know, I'm always walking through life thinking about better ways of doing things. And when I thought of this one idea that I ended up um, showing you for five minute pitch, I said to myself for a couple of reasons, this is the, the one that I need to pursue. Mm. So is, was there anything else that you were kind of playing with? That, with I mean, I, idea? I, I'm actually, I have such a long list. It's, it's really ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I actually just had the list, like I'm always thinking, and, and I finally decided you know, once I got involved in e-commerce and started to think, oh, well, if this one doesn't work out, I better have, you know, backup plans and so forth. Um, I started actually writing them down because I'm always thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if we had a something that did X, Y, and Z? Right. So um, I'm always thinking that way anyway. And um, if other people can do it, why, why can't I? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Okay. So you landed on this, on this cat in, in the box. So like, where, where does the idea come from? And then from there, what is the first move to make it a reality? Okay. So um, I actually got the idea on a trip with my mother to drop her cats off at the cat sitter. And, you know, this woman had a beautifully appointed home and she obviously cares about decor, but her living room was filled with old shipping cartons. And she saw me looking around um, at her living room and said, quite sheepishly, they're for the cats. (laughs) <laughs> now I've, I've owned cats. We actually, we, we, we have two dogs now and fish and we've um, always had, you know, what I call a menagerie of sorts in our house. My husband calls it a madhouse. Um, so I've had cats and I knew that they like boxes, but it got me thinking, why do their owners put up with dirty, ugly Amazon boxes in their homes? Why not something that's clean, um, cat safe, attractive, maybe even a little bit, you know, stylish or a conversation piece. And that's how the idea for this business came about. So my question is this, okay, because if you were, if, okay, let's say that I, I was uh, the one that was in your circle at the time and you're like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And so I would be looking at the market and I'd be looking at validation for the market. Was there any validation piece there for you? Or were you just like, you know, I think it's a good idea. Well, now I know better, Scott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and you know, this is actually was part of my problem too, because um, most of the people, all of the people in my circle, um, not only are, are not, I don't have any business owners of any kind, traditional brick and mortar or e-commerce or otherwise mm. uh, in, in my circle. And, you know, my, my close family and fr- friends, um, my husband aside, I would say, um, they're of the mind that the way, the only way to make money is, is through a traditional job. So I was actually a little uncomfortable telling people about this venture until I was at the point where I'd actually manufactured the products. And honestly, when I, when I told my family about it, I think I would have gotten a better reception if I had told them that I was joining the circus. I mean, like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so was I, mean, really the response? Words. <laughs> was it, I mean, I mean, really was it though? I mean, and were you, were you kind of like nervous or were you? Oh, I didn't want to tell. I, you, uh, don't, you don't want to tell people. Cause I think they think like, Oh yeah, she's just going to blow a whole bunch of money now. Isn't she? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially since I hadn't worked in like, Oh, this is your, this is your answer to that. So, yeah. um, so it, you know, I had to wait to the point, where, you know, the point of no return before I could tell, tell anybody about, you know, what I was doing. So I wish, I actually wish I discovered you and the other guys 
before I did it, because I may have um, approached it a little bit differently and, and done my, um, my due diligence first and done my homework first before jumping in. I, I, you know, again, when I was first starting out, which wasn't that long ago, obviously, I thought it was all about the idea and about getting the idea right and getting the idea manufactured and all the silly things that, that go along with, you know, starting a business, like the business name and et, et cetera, et cetera. And that, none of that is accurate. So, mm. so yeah. I I, you know, and you're not alone in, in like thinking that way or, or, you know, feeling that way because I see it all the time. And like, I have friends then they'll come up and they'll be like, I got this great idea. Right. And then they'll tell me the idea and they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, I, I think it might be a great idea, but is there anything out there at all right now that would validate that this would work? Like that people would actually want this. I mean, you watch Shark Tank, I'm sure. If you find right. a pitch listener or watcher, right? You, you, you probably watch that show. A lot of times they say, what are your sales? And the reason why they're saying that is because they want to see validation that the market actually wants it. So they don't want to test it with their money. They want to test it with the market mm-hmm. putting in their credit card to say, yes, I want this. So you know, there's different ways that you can do that. Now, obviously we can go out there and we could data through like Jungle Scout, or we can look at Google analytic, you know, numbers as, as far as like how many searches and all of this stuff. So that can give us a good idea. Now, in your case, I still, yours is really a product I feel that just needs to be seen, right? So yours is kind of like, if people see it and it starts going a little bit viral, even just a little bit where people start to share it and stuff, that's where you can get that traction. But are people going to look for cute boxes for living room for cat? Probably not. Would they, um, you know, would they be able to find your product if they're searching for maybe one of those carpet cat towers, right? Maybe, right? right? But you're also then, it's not a search, right? It's not Mm -hmm. something that people are actively searching for. Now, with that being said, I would look at, I would have looked at it again, being strategic as I would have said, how can we create content or at least stuff that people want to see that would then get attention. And then from there, I can introduce this thing in front of them or show them things or have contests of people sharing their designs or their, their, you know, their cat in the box or whatever. Right. But it, to me, I would be looking at the market. So I would check yes, because the market is massive, right? The cat market is massive. The dog market is, I mean, any pet market is really massive, right? So I'd say that's first thing, but how can I get attention without it just being about the product? That's, I think, where right. I started. You're still okay. And I, I mean, we can talk about some different, different angles and stuff that we've even talked on five minute pitch when we were kind of going through things, but we can go a little bit deeper here today. Uh, but I, I think that yes, I, I don't want to say you lucked out because you chose a really good market, um, but you have a really good product. I just think it needs the exposure and the attention. And you can definitely get that because cat lovers are constantly wanting to see cute cat pictures or cute cat ideas or maybe help things for their cats. They're very passionate about their cats. Well, thanks. It's actually nice to hear that from, from your lips. So that, that really, that really helps me to hear that. Yeah, no. And I, I, again, even when I was, when I was sitting there in on, um, on your pitch and everything, I was thinking to myself, like, this is a, a great market, a great product, but you know, are people going to be searching for this? No. So how do we get attention? Right. That's, that's always the next thing. How do I get attention so people can see the product versus people searching for the product? There's a difference there. 
right? Right. Actually, I stumbled on, and I've only learned this about the, you know, the whole idea of content creation and, and how that links to SEO. I just stumbled on it by accident because I am a writer by trade. I started just writing about cat-related topics. Um, mm. I actually wrote about, um, I think the topic of one of my blog posts was, you know, why do cats eat cardboard and paper or something like that. And I actually became the little snippet. When you search for anything, a bunch of different searches related to cats eating paper or cats eating mm. cardboard. And that has actually driven a lot of traffic to my website inadvertently. I didn't, I wish I could say that I planned it that way. I didn't, but it's inadvertently driven traffic. Mm. And that's great because you've went out there. And, and so now that you've done that, now that you've exposed like yourself to that, even and saying like, oh, wow, wait a minute here. I did something. I wasn't even intending on it. And it brought traffic. What if you actually created a strategy and a plan that went after content? that would bring people over to the site that not necessarily are, I mean, you went direct, you went like, okay, I know my, my boxes are made with, you know, uh, inks that are not harmful to the animal. And if I can tell people about harmful chemicals on cardboard or paper, and they're searching for that, then that's going to be a direct link. And that is, but mm -hmm. there's stuff that's even a little bit higher than that, that if someone is looking for cat related products or Maybe, uh, maybe questions about you know health or different yes. different breeds, all of that stuff. That's still going to lead people back that are your potential customers. You're absolutely right, and it's 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 a total mine of of stuff that I can write. But oh. I could write I could write to the end of my days and not run out of topics. Exactly, and you said that is actually writing is is one of your strengths. Right. So this, this comes easy to me. This is the part that's easy. It's everything else that's hard. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't overcomplicate it. I would say even getting into the weeds of like, okay, let's, let's start drilling down using some tools to see how much traffic is coming in. And let me focus on those keywords. I wouldn't even go that far. I would just say, what are the obvious questions people are asking? Right. And then I would be the answer to those questions. Right. And then I would just publish on a regular basis. And, you know, they don't have to be super long. They can be like 1500 words, which mm -hmm. to some people is long, but an epic post is like 6,000 words. Um, but something that's like 1500 words is plenty. And then you're constantly setting these seeds out there of these assets, I call them, that will eventually bring you traffic. And I just got off with Tony Anderson, which you know uh, as well. And uh, she's been blogging for over 13 years. She has blog posts that are 13 years old that are still bringing traffic today. Wow. Oh, I didn't know. I really didn't know it works that way. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like you just got to keep dropping seeds and for you, it comes naturally. So that's a, that's a, another leg up that you have because you can create this content on a regular basis. Um, so, okay. We, we jumped into strategy there and tactics. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go there yet, but, okay, um, okay. but what I did want to do is kind of like walk me through because some people have not listened to Five Minute Pitch, um, either the podcast or the YouTube, which I'll link everything up in the show notes to this episode. But give us a little bit of like what it looked like. You went out, you you figured out that you were going to create this first product. What made you think of this first product? And then what was the process like and what were the results? Well, as I mentioned, the, the idea was that I would create something that was, you know, more attractive and more fun and maybe more Instagrammable than the typical Amazon box that most people, most cat owners, I should say, have sure. lying around their house. So um, I tried to just think of, you know, common everyday objects that um, would be easily recognizable, but were also conducive to cardboard. And just so you know, corrugated cardboard is a very unforgiving 
product um, mm-hmm. of material. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I started contacting manufacturers, they all said, why don't you use paperboard, which is the stuff that game boards are made of and cereal boxes and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is, it's a lot more flexible and you can do a lot more with it, sure. but it's actually not what ca- cats actually need. They actually need the corrugations in the cardboard for a number of reasons, some of which I um, enumerated on, on five minute pitch. So it had to be corrugated if I was going to uh, use something to meet a cat's needs. So um, the, the two designs that I started off with are uh, a, a milk carton-shaped product and a wedge of cheese-shaped product, which coincidentally have a, a little dairy-based link to, to what cats like. So I thought it was kind of clever. And interestingly, the milk carton, even though it's all written in English and it's, it's definitely an American-style milk carton, people from all over the world recognize that shape mm-hmm. and they're interested in it. So um, that, that just coincidentally ended up being a, a kind of cool choice on my, on my part to start with. And so what was the process like to go and get that sourced? Well, right. So, um, I know a lot of, uh, folks are looking to have things made in China for good reason, but I wanted to manufacture in the U S I knew that right away because Mm -hmm. China has an unfortunately unsavory history with pet products. Mm -hmm. And it was really important to me that my products are safe for pets. And Mm -hmm. I'm a label reader when it comes to buying things for my animals. And I imagine a lot of my potential customers are too. I know some people even refer to their uh, pets as their fur babies. And like real babies, cats lick and chew things. And if they were licking and chewing my products, I wanted it uh, for it to be safe for them to do so. So, And I do know that because I manufacture in in the U.S. that they're um, more expensive maybe than some people think that they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that, I know I'm never going to make as much money as if I had them manufactured abroad. But, you know, that's okay with me. So um, in a way, in some ways, it's easier to look for manufacturing here in the U.S. Um, We all speak the same language. And... Uh, it's, you know, it's a matter of a phone call and an email, so to speak. Um, in the end, it's it, for, for a product like this one where I'm just starting out, it was definitely kind of like a, a, a Goldilocks pursuit. Either um, when I'm reaching out to a variety of uh, cardboard box manufacturers, either they were, you know, too big or too small and they needed to be just right. If they were too big, they weren't, they had the capabilities to make the complex designs that I was requesting but they were not interested in me as a tiny little customer. Mm-hmm. And if they were too small and would have been thrilled to have me as a customer, they just didn't have the capabilities to make the complex designs. So I ultimately settled on a company that was willing to work with me that had both the ability and the willingness to work with me. And they're coincidentally only 40 minutes from my house. Oh, wow. Driven down there like 40 billion times. So um, that actually worked out great because I can really have a hand in um, being there and saying, no, not this, no, make this bigger. No, you know, um, so it actually worked out great. And so how did you discover them? Really? It was like, it's like anything else like that. I'm sure you've experienced Mm -hmm. in business. You make one call and it leads to somebody else telling, you know, you should try this person. No, you should try this person. And that's eventually how, um, how I got to this company. That's just, you know, virtually around the corner from my house, but not because I, I, there's a million cardboard box manufacturers in the United States, a million. Mm. And I just started it, you know, kind of one and, you know, went down the line. That's, that's awesome. Yep. You're, you're right though. Like one phone call leads to another, to another, to another, uh, because they might not be able to help you, but someone, someone else might be able to help you. And that's exactly. kind of how it works. And now here, here you are. Uh, now one of the challenges I know that you had, and we kind of discovered this as well, was the shipping on these because, you know, the box is quite large when it's together and then to collapse it, uh, it, it's not as easy to, and even if it's flat, it's still kind of taking up a lot of 
room. Uh, so have you corrected that since uh, the episode? Or the- well, it's actually even worse now than um, since uh, the change in the USPS rates. And I can't even ship using USPS anymore. Oh. Which in the white way that I was doing it, it's just... It's really, um, I would actually be losing money on every shipment if I, if I did that. So that was an unexpected twist. But good thing, actually, um, I presented to you folks when I did. Mm-hmm. And you were the one who said, you were the first one to comment. And you said, no, this needs to be more compact. Mm. Which was exactly on target. And I'm glad you got me thinking that way right away. Um, so I am in the process of designing a new one. Um, I think I mentioned that on the, the, in the finals uh, yeah. five but it's such a long process. I'm, I'm, I've had multiple iterations of the prototype. I'm hopefully going to be getting the final, I think it's, we're down to the, the final design very shortly. And I'm working with um, a designer to, I think I mentioned that there's going to be a sticker component to this one and finding a, a sticker manufacturer that uses um, FDA approved uh, adhesives and edible inks and, and so forth. Um, they're actually, it's actually toner on the, on the stickers. So that's been a process too. So that's like a whole other, um, it's not even that some of these companies might not use these adhesives. It's that they don't even know what adhesives they use. So it's been a long process trying to find somebody who, um, who knows what they use and was able to direct me to the, um, the FDA site to show me that, that these are at least human safe. Mm. Um, adhesives. So it's a very long, everything's a long process as as I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So my question then is this, okay, is this, is this business, do you want to make money in this business? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Okay, good. Now we can talk more. Uh, No, I'm I'm just being funny, but um, because here's the deal and anyone listening falls into this trap. Okay. They get introduced to the e-commerce world. Okay. E-commerce generally, I mean, some people could argue and say, well, it's just products being sold online and true, but a lot of people associate that with physical products, drop shipping, something like that. Right. So physical products, it's, it's an, a whole nother game. Okay. You have to do exactly what you're doing right now. You have to find the supplier. You have to go ahead and go through, you know, different, uh, you know, different versions. Uh, you know, you have to go through those growing pains. And then at the end, it still might not be a hundred percent. Right. Or if we're talking about Amazon, which we haven't even talked about, like where you're selling these, but we'll get to that. But then from there, they say, hey, uh, now that I figured all this out, it's not going to make me as much money as I thought because I can't get it to like be this small or I can't get these certain materials or whatever. And you spend all this time and energy on doing this. This is where I love the hybrid model, which is basically doing what we just talked about earlier. And your market is is perfect for it, which we've already talked about, is that content side. So that content side for you, let's pretend like your product is going to take another year before you can even get that thing up and running, right? In the meantime, you could be building content to bring in traffic. And while that traffic's coming in, you could be recommending and talking about other products, not boxes, other products, the the rug trees or whatever else that, that you would recommend. Or maybe it's you know uh, certain beds or certain litter boxes or whatever. And as you're doing that, you're bringing traffic over that is technically going to be potentially a customer of yours as well. But in the meantime, you could be then leveraging that traffic to build your email list, but then also sell affiliate products because you can be an affiliate an associate for any product on Amazon. And then from there, the other thing is once that traffic starts to come in, you can start turning on some ads. You can be, you can be the one that says what ads and what type of networks you want to play with. And then you can be bringing in money without you selling one of your products. 
Now, can I, I use Shopify as a platform? Mm-hmm. Does Shopify, does the blog feature in Shopify allow you to add outside ads? Now, that's that's one thing I do not know. But here's the deal. If you have a Shopify store, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't create your blog externally. Um, okay, so... Yeah. So there's actually a brand that we're working with right now that that's exactly what we did. We didn't add the Shopify feature on until after. So we were already building on WordPress. We were already building in that. Now, uh, you've got to do a little bit of research on that or someone listening might already know the answer to this and they can comment on that. Um, that I don't know. Um, you might be able to because technically Shopify isn't a ad network. It's just a hosting platform. Right. Right. So I would think that you could, but again, that's kind of out of my, my area of expertise because what I do is I always start with something that is on WordPress. And then from WordPress, if I want to add Shopify, we can just add a, Shop, a Shopify uh, extension to it in, in a sense to where then we have like uh, shop dot whatever your brand name is, right? And we can have a subdomain that would then be part of that. It would still reside or look like it would would reside on your, on your, uh, your uh, website, right? It would just be the store feature. And then from there, yes, it would be hosted on Shopify. So that'd be an extension, but I would definitely, definitely be considering that because if, if you were to start from scratch and you're like, you know, I don't know if I want to start this, this, you know, cat in the box thing, but I think I do, but I think I just want to start building content and traffic and then go ahead and and create some revenue streams from that. You could do that right from the beginning, but you've already started with the product, but it's going to take a while before you get the product, you know, to, to market or the final version or whatever. But in the meantime, why not be building traffic? Because we know there's traffic in the cat market, right? How do you get advertisers to find you? And do you, do you, um, do you promote yourself to the advertisers or do they come and find you because they know you're getting traffic? Well, technically it could be both. Okay. But I wouldn't be looking at the advertisers that want to, that want to run a banner ad. I'd be using a network that's already finding these. And then you're just saying, Hey, I've got 25,000 impressions per month. Mediavine, which is an ad network. They will supply the ads. They will do all of the outreach. And then they will basically say, Hey, for every thousand impressions, we'll give you $8 or $25 or whatever. So mm-hmm. you do have control though and saying like, well, I don't want certain, you know, certain companies or whatever, because maybe whatever you don't believe in them or whatever. You can have some type, and I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but I do know if you if you talk to that ad network, you definitely can do that. But a lot of times too, it's a retargeting thing. So they might be on your site and they might have just looked at something and then it's gonna right. pop in on their site. And that yeah. just happens to be your site. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, ad networks is a great way for you to monetize without you having to launch a hundred products. Also, if you do comparisons or um, the best, uh, you know, whatever cat traveling, um, you know, whatever, carrier. yeah, carrier. Like if you did like five of the top cat carriers, well, every single one is going to be on Amazon, and then from there, you're going to go ahead and give your your review from you reading the reviews. And then from there, you're doing this comparison. So when someone goes there, they're obviously in the market for a carrier and they might click through one of your links. If they do, you get commission on that. I hadn't even thought of that. Oh my goodness, Scott. Yes. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that, there, that there for you, and it's especially because you said that you, you're good at writing content. So if you're good at writing content and you don't mind it, I right? Don't mind it at all. Yeah. And you, that I would be, man, I would be probably spending at least 25% of my time just there. Um, and just doing a little bit of the keyword research, just, you know, getting some topics, creating some buckets in a sense to where you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, traveling with your, with your cat, 
right? So you're going to do a whole bunch of different articles on traveling with your cat. And then you're going to do another one that's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, care for your cat, uh, you know, or uh, cats uh, that are older, like, what do you, you know, so I would start to find these different verticals that I could then start creating content that would be threads, in a sense, that would be kind of interlinked together. Um, And then from there, the traffic is going to come. And then once the traffic comes, then you can say, oh, I've got your, your boxes coming out, you got a brand new box, you can go ahead and throw a banner ad up on your own site and say, hey, we got a, our new box is finally released for the, this next week. We're going to offer a 20% off discount um, for the first 100 people. And then boom, you sell 100 units, right? So wow. yeah, I would be leveraging the traffic. Like your biggest asset right now is content that leads people over that are your ideal customer that could potentially buy your box, but also could, if they don't buy your box, you still have them uh, able to, to buy something or to, uh, you know, to add to your revenue stream. How long does it take um, in the life the life uh, cycle of a blog to start, you know, getting that significant traffic. We're seeing like, and it just depends on the market. And, and, you know, like if you're going after long, we call it long tail keywords. So if you're mm-hmm. going after stuff like, uh, you know, best uh, cat carrier uh, for cars, right? Like that one there is going to be easier to rank for than just yes. best cat carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, depending on how specific you get, but um, from what I've seen over the years, whether it's my my own stuff or people that I know um, that have been doing this as well, and Tony will say the same thing, generally it's between six and eight months before you start to see any traffic from that piece of content. You mm-hmm. might you might see something that got, that got shared or, or something that got picked up and you'll get a few trickles of, of some traffic, but then it starts to build momentum. And then once it starts to build momentum, that's when you can start to capitalize on adding more to that. Like say, say one article is getting some traffic, then you can throw a link at the bottom of that that says a new post was was added that's related to this. And then someone will go over there and then that'll start to, to get traffic right. to these other ones that are new. Another thing is getting your email list built. Like the, And I think I seen that you had a pop-up that came up on your website. Yes. Yeah. So if you had something like that, uh, and then you're getting those emails. Well, every time you have a new blog post, guess who you're going to send it to? Your mm-hmm. emails, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, just posted a new uh, a new post on uh, you know the best cat carriers uh, for 2019. Uh, check it out, and that's it. And then you go there and you just give a little link, and off you go. And then they go over to your blog. So you can kind of uh, you know take that content that's sitting there and you're waiting for Google to get it indexed, and you can get traffic there like immediately. And then once it starts getting attention, that also sends a signal to Google that, oh, people are starting to pay attention to this. So you can speed up that process. Does it matter that there are are already a lot of cat bloggers out there and a lot of resources for people, you know, looking for answers to these kind of questions? That's why in the beginning, Dawn, I would go very, very specific. So mm-hmm. I would try to go after asking or answering the questions that are being asked, right? Even if you're thinking like, well, that's just like a paragraph. No, you can write an entire thing because you can answer the question and then you can go deeper into the reasonings why, right? Right. So it's like if someone's searching for uh, best cat carriers, uh, 2000 or best plastic cat carrier, right? And so you might say, oh, there's, uh, you know, the, these are the two that are the best and here's why. You might send a little blurb. Instead, going into more of why smaller for certain size cats and, you know, um, to get them to travel better, there's a certain strap that you should have and here's why. So it's for you to go into more detail, but you're answering that question. So Anytime you can answer questions directly, um, that's like your easiest way to get started. And even though there's people that have already done it, that you can still go out there and 
and rank because you might have more authority now because your site has backlinks coming from Pinterest and it might have them coming from YouTube and uh, anybody else that's linked to you. Um, so in the beginning, a lot of people worry about that. They're like, well, isn't there already enough cat stuff out there? Yeah, but there's still room for more, right? And you can be the one that creates this ecosystem of just the best resource on the internet about cats and, and, you know, how to, you know, take care of your cats because they are your babies, right? Like that, you could be the top resource for that. It's going to take time, but as you build that, you're building this asset that's going to continually grow and build more momentum. And as your site gets older, it also gets more authority. So if someone's starting today and you started three years ago, well, you've got an, a site that's three years old. You are, already have backlinks that are coming from other sites that are linking over to an article, which another thing that you could do is just, again, create these, these posts that are shareable, right? Like people that would want to share that. Like if someone already has a following, they might share it because you've given a really good breakdown on the top, whatever vitamins that you should be giving your, your pets. And here's the research to back it, right? Mm-hmm. And once you start getting those backlinks, that's going to help Google or it's going to help you because Google's going to say, hey, there's these links pointing over here from these other sites that are talking about cats. It must be good. Right. This is all really, really great. Great advice. Yeah. And really great advice. I wouldn't complicate it. You know, like a lot of people, they're like, well, I got to know SEO. I got to know all this stuff. No, you just got to create, like just create, publish, you know, and learn the other stuff. I mean, the basics are, uh, and again, if you're on WordPress, I'm not sure Shopify's probably got something, but if you're on WordPress, you can use a plugin called Yoast. Um, and what that does is it allows you to kind of follow the checklist of like everything that should be within that post in order to rank. So it literally gives you like a red light, a yellow light, and a green light. Um, so if you're writing a title and you want to rank for a certain keyword, you'd put it in there. And then if it's too long, that might give you a negative flag inside of Google. It'll say title's too long. Now, do you think I should have a separate WordPress site for this, or do you think it should be integrated with the the e-commerce site on Shopify that I already have, you know, existing? Shopify has been known to do really well with ranking within Google. Mm -hmm. So you might want to just keep it on that platform. And also because you've already... Uh, you've already kind of gotten some authority. You've probably gotten some backlinks. That's true. That's true. So because of that, I would want to leverage that. Um, my only question, and I'm pretty sure that you, you, you'll you be able to, is to be able to use an ad network, but I'm pretty sure that you're going to be able to. Well, that's certainly something that's easy enough to look up. Yes. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, but I would definitely go down that road um, because I think it's it's a huge opportunity for you and because you also have the skill set to do it, you know. Um, and now, let me ask you this. Uh, Pinterest, are you on Pinterest at all? I am. And the weird thing is that I, um, in fact, I was uh, just talking about this on another um, a Facebook group, but uh, the, the followers are just like dropping out of the sky for me. I mean, like, I think I have 8,000 followers without even, I didn't even do anything. I mean, wow. I didn't even try. And um, I do get clicks from Pinterest back to my, uh, my website, a, a number. I can't say very many of them have turned into sales. It doesn't appear that way. Mm-hmm. But I get an awful lot of, like, I, I just posted a, a video of some kittens playing in one of my boxes. I got 900 saves almost immediately. Oh my gosh. Just, I, so, I mean, people like, they like it, <laughs> so, but I'm not sure that it's translating into, into sales per se. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about what we talked about then, right? We talked about, okay, well, what if it doesn't turn into a, a box sale, but what right. if it turns into an impression on your site that you can then turn into ad money? That's right. That's right. right. That's exactly so, right. So that those 900 
people that visited your site counts as an impression. And AdThrive and MediaVine, they work off of, off of impressions, not just clicks. Well, so, saves, saves within Pinterest. That wasn't 900 clicks. Okay. So, so that wasn't clicks. But still, uh, and I, I hear people, they go, oh, yeah, I'm getting a ton of traffic from Pinterest. And a lot of times Pinterest traffic isn't, isn't like really like really good quality traffic. It's traffic, but it's not like really, really good quality. But right. who cares? Right. Like if you're not looking at like it has to turn into a box sale, but if it turns into web traffic, right, you know, on your on your site, that can turn into dollars. Right. Just from people landing on yours and consuming a piece of content, even for a minute. Is that is it more important than if I was linking from one of my Pinterest posts to link to this, you know, new blog idea or new, um, you know, this new content or more important to link to a product page? No, I would link to the content page. Okay. Yeah, I would create. So, if, so if you're creating a new piece of content, I would create that piece of content on your blog, and then from there, I would do a pinnable image of that, and then go to your Pinterest board or your boards that you're a part of, and then from there, I would link it back to the content post. Okay. So okay. then you also get a backlink, which Google likes, from Pinterest going over to a content post that's not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily a pitch for a product, right? It's it's information. Right. And then when someone goes there, you're going to have your web, your, your website set up that you'll also have ways for them to buy some of your products or your recommended products. Uh, or if at the time you're doing a, a launch for your new cat in the box, um, you know, for 2020, you can put a, a banner ad up on there that says, Hey, just released this week only. And so you can have that. So there's a lot you can do with the traffic. And that's why I always tell people like content is is something that you should be focusing on, but that is going to bring people that are interested in your market, which is traffic, which can turn into dollars. Is right? it more, if I'm having a pinnable um, item on my blog post, say, mm-hmm. say, it's a, say it was just a story about Siamese cats, yeah. is it more important to have a pinnable photo of a Siamese cat or is it more important to have a, a pinnable photo of my product? No, it's going to be the content. It's okay. going to be the content. Yeah. A lot of people think, again, like you're, you're in the mindset, like I, I want to link to product all the time mm-hmm. because I want to get product sales, right? If you change that up a little bit and say, I just want traffic, right? And you want quality traffic. You know, you want traffic that you know that you don't want just someone that's uh, searching for, uh, you know, the best iPod cases and they come to your site and you're like, well, wait a minute, you know, like that mm-hmm. has to do with cats, right? But you, you're putting out content that's, it's more or less, it's like a magnet. We call them lead magnets, really, in the marketing world. It's a lead magnet that's going to get someone that is interested in your market, that's going to attract those people. And then if your content is good, they're going to want to click to come over and consume it, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that, it, that it's your product every single time. You know, are your products going to be displayed somewhere? Probably. You know what I mean? Like, or you could even be talking, let's say that you're talking about cat anxiety, mm-hmm. right? And so you do this whole post on cat anxiety. Well, one of those things might be having a safe box that uh, helps them with anxiety. And oh, by the way, here's my, you know, the box that I created for cats, right? That's an interesting idea. Yeah. So you just, you turn it into like, what does the box also help with? Not just them having fun. It might calm them. It might make them feel safe. It might, whatever. So then you can turn that into a lesson or something that someone can consume and be like, oh, I didn't realize that. And then, oh, by the way, inside of that post, there's going to be a link in there that they could click over and buy the box or another link that you might've talked about a, a car carrier, because when you're in a car, they don't feel safe and you want them to be safe or 
whatever, right? So there's ways that you can do it without just being like, here's the best carrier. Right, right. right. So there's, yeah, there's definitely ways that you can do it with content. And your market is just so, like, to me, it just seems so endless on what you can create in that market. But I would say you want to definitely niche down a little bit. So that way there, you're not so broad at first. And as your site gets more authority, then you go after those more, you know, those, those more high level keywords, right? Honestly, the, the easier ones to write are the more specific articles. The more, yeah. the more you dig down, they're easier to write and they're easier to be authoritative on. Yeah. It's like, again, it's like anything. If you're talking about something specific and someone is searching for that specific thing and then they find the solution right? You're not getting someone that goes, that clicks on something, goes over there and goes, oh, this does, this isn't what I wanted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then they're gone, right? It's like, you want that to be so crystal clear on what it is. And again, your markets are also a great place for people to just share cat pictures, right? And cat videos and, you know, all of those things. So you can play with both of them. Like, you know, you can do a, for your email list, you can do top cat pics of the week. Right. Right. And right. then you send an email and then guess what happens? They go over to the blog to, to look at them. You got more traffic over to the blog. Mm-hmm. People share the post on the blog because they want to share it with their cat friends. And then you bring, so it's just this, you're creating this environment where there's stuff that can be consumed to learn, to be entertained and to buy like everything under that one roof. Now, would it be weird on my website to have my own personal blog, which sort of tells the story of my business and, and those kind of things and have a separate, maybe a resource page, which is the blog you're talking about, where it would be cat resources, you know, information about, and you know, everything you'd want to know about cats effectively. So I, I love the way you have it right now, to be honest with you. You have a home, you have products, you have science, you have in the moves. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you have blog, you have about us and you have contact us. About us is where you would put your story. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I would keep it all under one, under one roof. Now, the only thing I might do in the very beginning of like your homepage is I might have a picture of you or a video of you welcoming people to the blog and to the website and just being like, you know, Hey, this is Dawn and introduce yourself and, and where this came about and why you created cat in the box and, and why you want to create the best resources and the best products on the market. So you have your, you know, the cat, you, you know, your, your, your healthiest cat and you get to enjoy your cat or whatever, right? Come up with something better than that. But you get what I'm saying? Like you want people to connect with you the minute they come on there because then you're bringing people into you, not just another website. Interesting. Yeah. And I never thought of putting any of me in the front at all. Oh, a hundred percent. Think, think about how many, how many uh, physical trainers there are out there, right? So if I just go to a site and I see, like, I look at Beachbody, Beachbody has probably a hundred different trainers. There's some trainers you're just going to gravitate towards. So you go to that trainer. Well, there's a lot of cat people out there that are talking about cat stuff. Well, you need people to actually see the person behind the brand, I feel, or a spokesperson. Again, if, if it wasn't you and it was someone else, I'd say, hey, well, go out there and find someone that's, you know, in love with cats and they want to talk about this stuff and you can be the face of the brand. In your case, you could be a spokesperson and also you are the creator. So tell people, bring them into the story. Um, there's a book that I think you should read. Okay. It is um, The Story Brand. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's just Story Brand, not The Story Brand. Story Brand uh, by Donald Miller. Okay. Um, it's a great book. It talks all about taking your story and turning it into your brand. And a lot of people think, well, I don't have really a good story, Right. You personally, you have a great story because all it is, is talking about how this thing even happened, 
and then what you decided to do so you can then make a positive impact on cat owners, right? But there's all your messaging, all of the marketing goes into also not just about you, but about them, right? So it's a, it's a great read. I would definitely recommend that. And anyone listening to this podcast, I will drop that in the show notes. But yeah, it's a, it's a book I would highly recommend. Um, and he's got exercises you can go through and kind of, kind of get to the root of your story of what you could share and what would make sense to share. Well, um, I'm a big, big time reader. So that's the very next thing that's going to be read. Oh yeah. I would definitely do that for sure. Okay, cool. So, all right, let's, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up. We can go on for days here, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I get excited about this stuff because you have so much opportunity. I, I see it right in front of me and I think you are starting to see, a little bit more opportunity here as we got drilling into more of the content. I absolutely am. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let's talk quickly then about like, okay, product sales, like right now, how is the sales being generated right now? Is it just through your website? Do you have these listed on Amazon, eBay, Etsy? Like tell me a little bit more about sales right now. Right. So mostly it's just my, my website and I, and with the change in the shipping rates, I really have not put any time or money into promoting these products because I don't, I don't think they're the way to go. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, anything that's coming in is just coming in sort of by accident. Mm -hmm. I do have an Etsy, um, uh, an Etsy, Etsy shop where I was getting a certain amount of traffic there. I actually did some Etsy advertising, didn't find it very effective, Mm -hmm. stopped it. And then interestingly found that the, the, the number of views and impressions on Etsy stuff. So I think that's a deliberate thing, perhaps maybe okay. I'm just experiencing that. I don't know. Um, and then the only thing really that I've, um, uh, I, I've just put it up on Amazon just to see if I could figure out how to do a, a proper listing. And I've been actually experimenting with a, a cat car magnet, um, which is a, a smaller, lighter, um, more compact product. I, I was um, experimenting on Amazon to figure out how to do FBA and, and so forth. So when the, the new, more compact product does come out, I'll already have um, the knowledge and experience in my back pocket so that I could just um, be more effective right from the um, from the starting gate with that. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that because even though, like you said, you might not hit a home run with like a magnet or a sticker, um, it's still getting you in that process of how um, to actually get that stuff listed and and kind of learning the inner workings of Amazon. Right. right. It took um, me, took me a couple hours with the FBA thing to even figure out how to print the stickers out. And oh, to, yeah. Yeah, so that was just ridiculous, but right. Yeah. Right. But once you get it, you get it. And I'll be honest, like once you do get those more compact versions, that will be a dream for you because then you can just ship them in and then you can sell them on Amazon. You can do a little bit of paid ads if you want to. And then from there, you can drive some of your traffic over to your listings. And that can also help you uh, get visibility, but also get sales. So um, there's a lot of benefits to doing it, um, doing it that way. But with all that being said, I still think your strongest play right now is getting that content out there and building that email list. Hmm. Never would have even thought of it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a huge opportunity for you. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see where you go. Cause I know you, 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 you're not going to sit around. You're going to actually get to work. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's you're you're one of those action takers that I talk a lot about. Yeah. Uh, cool. So is there any last things that we didn't cover or something that you, uh, that you wanted to add here before we wrap up? I just wanted to also just, I really wanted to thank you for the five minute pitch experience, which was one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And uh, so it was really, um, it was so much more than I bargained for. I got so much more out of it than, um, than I anticipated. Um, 
not, you know, not the least of which was finding out that I wasn't on a crazy path and, Mm. uh, and, and also, um, you know, the opportunity in addition to make lifelong friends. So a bunch of us have a, from five minute pitch have established a formal way of, of keeping in contact. And that's great. Um, Judy Davis and I actually have a regular phone thing going on now. So all the way around from, from the incredible um, advice that I've gotten from you folks to um, the confirmation that I wasn't crazy. And finally for the opportunity to make lifelong friends who we can help and support each other on this you know, venture, um, is really more than I could have hoped for. Yeah, no, that it's, that is everything to me really though. Like when you build those connections and those relationships and, and here's the other thing, right? Like people that get it, right? Like you, you were talking about like being at like a family, you know, outing and you're like telling people and they're right. like nuts. Right. But everyone else that you're talking to in this world, they're just like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. That's exactly it. Oh, really? I'm not, I'm not crazy. Okay. No, no, not, not at all. Or you get, you know, you, you come on a podcast like this one and we kind of go and we strategize and you're like, I never thought about it like that. That sounds Mm -hmm. great. And, uh, and I'm not talking just about theory either. I've seen this stuff work either for myself or for other people, um, that I'm associated with. So I know this works. Um, so that's the difference too, because the people sometimes that you're not speaking with that understand this world, they don't get it. They haven't seen it. Um, and I have, so that's why I, I really think that you're, you're sitting on a gold mine, um, just because you are a huge asset to your business as well, knowing that you can write, you also know the market and you're a good creator. I mean, you created a great product. I really do believe so. And I think that it will be a hit, uh, but we have to get the attention because it's not something that people are just searching for so mm-hmm. you need to shift that focus just a, just a little bit. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with and I, I have to leave you with this to anyone that I talk to about this is you need to be definitely actively, and I know you are, but I'd even go a little bit more aggressive. You need to continually build that email list. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people say, ah, email's dead. It's not dead. I'm here to tell you it's not, it's actually going to become the new, the new big thing. Again, I believe because social media is getting more, more noisy, right? But everyone still checks their email at least once a day, right? So why not deliver in that inbox. And if you show up with content that they're going to get to know, like, and trust you and, uh, and share stories or pictures or entertain, uh, they will continue to open those emails. So I really think that you should hone in on that as well and add that as another, uh, another asset. And I know you already are building that, but I would even, I'd even consider doing it a little bit more. And one way for you to do it a couple different ways, but one way that you could do it that I think would be really good is you could do a giveaway for, um, one of your cat in the boxes. Mm-hmm. You could do a giveaway, or if you wanted to kick it up even another notch, is you could grab maybe two or three other products. Maybe they're sold on Amazon, and you could bundle those with your cat in the box, and then maybe get the value up to a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars, and then you can go ahead and drive traffic to that offer. Maybe for I don't know two weeks, a month. And then from there, you're going to be getting people that are going to raise their hand that are interested in those types of products. So that must mean that they're cat people as well. So then you can build that traffic. And, um, and then from there, you can start to build that relationship with those people over time. What platform do you use for giveaways? Giveaways right now, uh, we are using uh, one that we actually created with Chris Guthrie, and it is called Giveaway Boost. But there's a little but here. It is WordPress dependent. It's a plugin for WordPress. Um, Shopify, I think, has something or a plugin that you can or an extension that you can buy for that. Um, but there are some outside ones as well. Um, I believe King Sumo is one. 
Um, there is one that we, per- that we actually, we use, we purchased for five minute pitch. Um, that one there though, I wouldn't really recommend right now. And there's been some talk that some of the, I guess, giveaway platforms out there or groups that are always looking for giveaways just to get free stuff. That one is kind of on the radar. So what happens is you get a lot of people that just, they don't care what the product is. They just want to get something for and free. And fake email that they use or something. Yeah. So what we want to do is, and just to kind of sim- simplify this, is we like to just create a landing page where people have one thing that they can do. And that is enter the contest if they want to. It reiterates what they're going to receive if they win. It also has a countdown that tells them how long before the contest ends, right? And then we go and we find the traffic. So in this case, you could go out there and you can find influencers in your space that you know are, uh, that have a following for cat, you know, cat stuff. Or you can go to Facebook and target cat people, right? right and then right. from there, you run that Facebook ad over to your landing page. There's a pretty good chance those people are interested in cat stuff if they put their name and email address in. And how do you feel about a giveaway versus an ebook? Um, I think they both have uh, their advantages. I think an ebook is probably less attractive because it doesn't have the same the same value to people because they're not receiving something physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so with an ebook, yes, if it's something that's going to solve a very specific problem and they they need the answer to that problem, then I think yeah, it's a great lead magnet. I would do both, to be honest with you. I would have a free one. That's I, I would have a free ebook, or I wouldn't even know if I'd call it an ebook. I'd call it like a guide or something like that, right? Ebook has kind of gotten the the name that it's free and it's cheap and it's not worth anything. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously. I mean, just people they've kind of you know they they've kind of because it's been used so much now, right? Right. right. So it's almost like if you, had, if you had a checklist or if you had a cheat sheet or if you had a, you know, a specific guide, something like that, um, those, are, those are genuinely or generally they do a better job. Um, but I would say do both. Um, but the, the thing with doing a bundle is people see that they're going to actually receive something in the mail. So it seems more valuable to them because it is. I mean, you are going to pay for that. Um, but on a regular basis, if you had something that you wanted to run all the time, like the ultimate you know, cat guide um, for a healthier cat or something, um, that might be a great lead magnet to have on your site all the time. So you could have two different email captures um, and mm-hmm. one that would run all the time and one you might just do maybe monthly, something I like see. that. Okay, that's, that's all. Wow, all these things I hadn't thought of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a a ton of different directions you can go, but I would say pick one of those and definitely be building that email list. You already have the pop-up on your site, which I love. So that's great. Um, But I would definitely uh, figure out something else that you can do and get a little bit more aggressive with that. You can get some more emails every single day. That's going to build your traffic. It's also going to build more awareness for your products when, uh, when you're ready to, you know, either launch new ones or, or, you know, sell the ones that you currently have. So uh, cool. Any last minute things that you want to talk about or that you want to talk about or you ready to, I think we could go on for another hour easily. We could, we we absolutely (laughs) could. What would you tell someone right now that's thinking about getting, you know, either getting started or if they're in a place in their business and they're just like, you know, I'm just not sure I want to continue on this journey. What would you, what would you tell those people? I would tell them to just, um, to, to take the plunge and just to keep doing it, especially the people who haven't, who haven't started yet. Um, because the main thing is, is not about the, the product. I know people tend to get a little bit focused on what should I do this or should I do this? It's all the knowledge and it takes so long to accumulate the knowledge Mm. that once you, you, you've, you know, gotten a, you know, a good bit of it, you could really, you know, um, apply to almost anything is, is my view. And for the person who may be stuck, which, you know, um, 
I, I think we'll all be there at some point where you're just wondering whether to move forward. There's always a next step. And when I started, I mean, I couldn't see, you can't see the whole arc at the beginning, mm. but you can think about the next thing that you can do and the next thing. And it's just amazing how one thing leads to another thought, leads to another contact, and you got to just keep going. Yeah, I, I love that. And you're 100% right. And I tell people this all the time. Everyone always looks at like, did I, you know, if I made money with it, I it worked, Right. But they right. don't look at like all of the different things you you did to lead up to that, that you learned that skill set. So if you learn how to put together a contest and run that and build a landing page and do all that stuff, you can adapt that to anything. Exactly. Anything, right? And if you ever read any of any of us, you know, any successful person's story, they always have all the little failures that came with oh, yeah. success. So you can't expect to be the one who, you know, the first thing out of the box is your, you know, your big winner. So... Right. Exactly. I love how you said the next thing in the box too. See cat in the box. Yeah, <laughs> it's always on my mind. I it guess. is. It's always on your mind. Dog. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Hey, this has been awesome. And if anyone wants to, to follow you or, or see what you're up to, where would they go? Well, they can go to my website, which is the cat is in the They can visit me on um, Instagram, which is um, the cat is in the box with periods between each of the words. And I'm cat in the box on Pinterest. Awesome. I will link that all up in the show notes as well. And I know that uh, people will most likely be reaching out and asking some questions. And uh, just, I want to say once again, thank you so much for doing this. It was a pleasure to meet you on uh, five minute pitch and, uh, and really learn more about you and your business. And uh, I just, again, I really just want to say it was a pleasure and it was awesome again, having you on today and sharing your story and doing a little bit of this uh, brainstorming, this little strategy session, which was, which was always fun. Or it's always, fun for me. Uh, it was, it was thrilling for me. So thank you very much. Awesome, Don. Thank you so much. And keep me posted. And uh, we'll probably have to do a check-in with you and see how things are going. Maybe in six to eight months, we can always do a little check-in. So just want to say thanks again, Don. I'd love it. Thank you. All right. Well, I wasn't kidding, right? That was awesome. And I just love uncovering how the business even comes to be, but then also how we can go through the business itself, and then start to discover and uncover opportunities. And the one thing I want you to really, really remember what Dawn said here is that once you are going through a process and you're learning, you're learning something that you can use over and over and over again. And I've said that time and time again, but to hear her say that, I couldn't agree more because if you think about that, it's like you're going to school, but you're actually building something internally in your business that could also benefit you, but you get the long-term benefits of the knowledge and the skill set that you're building. And again, you know, this is exactly what we are talking about consistently here on the podcast and is exactly why I decided to create our own event, Brand Accelerator Live, because that's what I want to focus on. I want to help people here because you heard Dawn. She's like, I never thought of that. And to me, it seems almost like just common knowledge, but it's not. Okay. So again, that is why I decided to do Brand Accelerator Live and why I've really focused my attention to building external channels and how to leverage the channels that are doing well already, like Amazon. So again, last little call to action here. If you are interested in attending or getting the virtual pass to Brand Accelerator Live, you can head over to baltickets.com and you can get the information there and see what is available 
depending on when you're listening to this. All right. So guys, the episode here is 717. So the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 717 transcripts, links, all that stuff will be over there. And uh, yeah, just go over there and check it out and hit up Dawn, ask her some questions. She's such a cool person. And I know that she's always willing to help. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. I'll see you right back here on the next episode.